Welcome to this edition of our Marketing Insights podcast series. My name is Nicole Young, and I am the Executive Marketing Manager here at McGraw-Hill. Today, I am excited to be joined once again by educators, authors, and researchers, Greg Marshall and Mark Johnston, both of Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. Welcome back to the podcast, Greg and Mark. Hello. Hi, everybody. So today's podcast topic is an extremely timely one and is entitled Emerging Implications for Marketers from the Global Crisis. Within this podcast, we're going to identify four emerging implications for marketing from the crisis. And those four implications include customer interactions and customer experience. Secondly, messaging content. Third, changes in consumer attitudes and behaviors. And lastly, some anticipated new normal in marketing. So let's go ahead and get started. Greg, let's start with you. What do you see as the implications for marketers as it pertains to customer interactions and customer experience based on this global crisis? Well, thanks, Nicole. That is the $64,000 question, I think. How customers want to engage with us has literally instantly changed. And it's, it's a tremendous pivot. And so, we need to, as marketers, be stepping back and thinking more, again, about very basic concepts around customer value. Customers want to experience value from whatever our offering is, right? And that could be a product, it could be a service, it could be an idea. Uh, value is added in many different ways. But what we know is that both through necessity because in some instances, customers are put in a position where their interactions with us by necessity are going to be different. And that means that their ultimate experience with us is probably going to be different. Some of these things will be changing over time, but some of them will not change all the way back to the way they were. And I think we all understand that. So this is a tremendous opportunity for marketers. Uh, we have the opportunity to go back and reassess our value proposition. What are the benefits that customers post-crisis are seeking from us, from our brands, from us as providers? Those are the important questions that I would advise people to be asking themselves. And customer experience management, sometimes referred to just as CEM, really has replaced the individual concepts of product, of service, etc as a more holistic concept by which we add value in our organizations. Those singular elements are still important. It, yes, the product you manufacture still must really functionally deliver against what it's supposed to. And yes, it is going to continue to be very important to have really good quality customer service personnel. But what I'm saying is that to really deal with these changes post-crisis, we have to think holistically about the customer's experience because we can have great product and even really great service personnel, but the customer's experience may be thwarted if we're not adjusting our approach based upon changes in what the customer's desired approaches themselves are to having experience and interactions with us. And so a couple of final thoughts on this. Firms have got to shake loose really quickly you gotta shake loose. You have to remap the customer's desired experience. Literally map it out. Do some market research. 
find out how they want to achieve the value and the why behind those changes so that we can all remap and readjust to the desired experience post-crisis. And it's very interesting to me as an academic, and I was, before I was an academic, I was a, a marketing practitioner for a long time. And, and I think it's very interesting that both research from the academic side can be helpful to gain insights in this direction, and also research that marketers can do through their own market research approaches can help gain insights. It's just that we've got to do this really, really quickly. It's gotta be nimble and it's gotta be quick. Absolutely, nimble and quick, for sure. Um, so Mark, your turn. What are your thoughts on the implications for marketers on messaging content? Well, you know, post crisis, I think we have to look in. Uh, we have to look in two ways. We have to look first in the short and medium term, and then more long term. In in the short and medium term, uh, what what we're seeing happen and what will continue to happen for the yeah, for the for a while anyway, three to six months will be uh, a real pivot for companies in terms of what they're messaging. So, you know, many companies focus on the head. They're speaking to the economic benefits or the functionality of the product. Well, in the world we live in now, uh, we also have to bring in messaging around the heart. So, uh, messages that connect with people emotionally. Uh, companies are developing messaging around how can we help? And we've seen many companies uh, transform their market messaging around how can we help you in this crisis from Home Depot to Target. Uh, a lot of companies are now looking at how can we help you in the situation that we're all facing. And then I think uh, a, a third uh, change that we'll see in the messaging is around uh, looking for things that are positive, trying to present, uh, identify positive messages that we can put out there, not just about the crisis or what will be the future, but, but how can we create a positive message? So for example, we see that um, uh, Dove has uh, created a campaign around honoring healthcare workers and the work that, that they've been doing on the front lines. We, we see a lot of companies honoring Target again, for example, uh, honoring uh, their workers by posting messages that have been put in on Twitter and so forth. So we're looking at creating um, uh, messages that connect our head and our heart with our customers. How can we do that? We're looking at uh, developing messaging around how we as a company can help uh, our target market, our customers. And then finally, looking for positive messaging within the crisis. And, and we're gonna see this continue, I think, in at least until uh, the end of the year. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Thank you for that. So back to you, Greg, what can you share with us about changes in consumer attitudes and behaviors? So probably the biggest field of study in marketing really is consumer behavior. And um, I've already noticed, I, I happen to serve as editor-in-chief of the European Journal of Marketing, and we get a lot of papers. We get about a thousand manuscripts a year, if you can imagine. And over the last two months, you can't imagine the number of papers that have begun to come in where people are beginning to uh, ask questions about consumer attitudes, consumer behaviors, search processes, 
decision-making every possible area in consumer research based upon what they're anticipating to be relatively long-term changes in how consumers may go to market with us. I'm taking that as a leading indicator that all organizations need to step back and really begin to adjust and think about these issues that are part of this question. The, the old uh, idea in consumer behavior still holds true that you or I develop an attitude about a product or about a brand or whatever. It's universal. We, we develop an attitude. And that attitude marketers can work with by the messaging that Mark was talking about and by other things that we do through our branding and positioning and so forth. We can work with a consumer's attitude and influence that attitude. Salespeople do it, marketers do it towards moving the consumer towards having some what we call behavioral intention. A behavioral intention is an intent that I would like to go and purchase something from you. Now, here's where the change really becomes interesting because there's no questions that attitudinal change is afoot. All you have to do is watch the news on any one of the channels to see that uh, human attitude is changing and last time I checked, uh, all the consumers we work with are human. And so that probably indicates that attitude as a consumer will be changing along some of those same lines. We know that's happening. We can study that. We can find out changes in attitude. But where it gets more interesting is in this behavioral intention piece. Because in order for me to intend and develop an intention to do business with you, there's a whole bunch of things that have to happen. And one of the things that has to happen is that I have to be able to figure out that I can engage with you in a way that's safe, in a way that's secure, uh, in a way that's very, very convenient. And these things have been important in the past. Multiply them to about the 10th power right now. And you kind of get where the consumer research field is going. And so once the behavioral intention is formed and once I can feel very comfortable that if I do engage with you, the likelihood is very high that I'll have an experience that's comfortable, that gains the value through your uh, product or service that I will be able to achieve by doing business with you. Once I feel that, then that's when the quote behavior takes place because that's when I hop online and hopefully have a very smooth and elegant experience in uh, working with you to uh, receive a product that's going to come to me shortly thereafter uh, at my front door or perhaps even more importantly now, both in B2B and in the B2C space, business to business, business to consumer. I want to be able to feel comfortable that I can behave in person. I want to be able to be able to come in to your place of business, whether it's a, a, a dentist's office, which is getting a lot of press right now and very, very challenging because of the nature of work mm -hmm. they do. Uh, we want, to, we want to be able to, no matter what our field is, be able to assure our constituents that in fact, I can engage with you. That is, I can behave by coming in and really, uh, hopefully, purchasing your product and service and achieving the value from that area. One of the last point on this field is the fact that there's a concept in consumer behavior called involvement. And involvement really means the level of kind of personal connection or personal relevance, if you will, of one particular purchase to a particular consumer. We need to be studying the impact of the crisis on involvement 
because I bet that we could sit here right now if we had time and just name a whole series of different product lines, toilet paper, for example, and many others that in the past would have been just basically, eh, we'll throw one in the bucket. There's a whole bunch of things that have changed now. The supply chain is in question. And uh, I would never have thought that uh, there'd be a high level of consumer involvement in purchasing toilet paper. But let me tell you, over the last two months, there has been. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good point there. So finally, Mark, and I'm eager to hear this answer, as I'm sure many others are as well. What are some anticipated new normals, if you could see my fingers, I'm air quoting there, for marketing as we move forward? Well, that is a great question, Nicole. And I, I think, um, you know, kind of the flip answer on this is we don't know what the new normal is because we're still um, coming out of the crisis. But having said that, companies are, are sitting down and they're looking at the data they have they're, they're looking at what we've been talking about uh, in this podcast, and they're making decisions about what is, what is the new normal. And I think there's some, some fundamentals that we, we can say are going to be true as we move into um, moving past the crisis uh, right now. First, um, the old ways are not going to work anymore. And so traditional marketing messaging, traditional interactions with our customers have changed. Um, and I, I think there's a sense in many industries that these changes may be long-term changes. Um, and so from, from a very basic standpoint, the, the marketer needs to say, what we've done in the past needs to be reconsidered and probably significantly altered. This is a great time, by the way, for marketers to sit down and really walk through what does that customer experience look like. As Greg was mentioning before, you know, what, what is the customer experience? What has it been? But in this new world that we're moving towards post um, COVID, what what does that experience look like? How, uh, how can we create um, a good experience for our customer uh, if, if they're meeting with us um, or seeing us in person? How can we do that in a safe way while delivering a good experience? Obviously, one of the new normals will be um, an increased emphasis on online experience and creating uh, and a relationship with the customer. Companies have already been doing this for more than a decade. But what the crisis has done is really accelerate this focus on creating a, an online relationship with our customers. And this is true, not just in the business to consumer space, but in the business to business space. And, and, and I think finally where we're going to end up in terms of what is the new normal is a, a, a place where the, the relationship with our customers will, will be more personal, uh, but it will not look the same as it has done in the past. And I think that also the new normal is, is going to, we, we probably won't know what normal looks like for a while. But uh, that cannot stop uh, any marketer right now from considering 
what is that experience with our customer going to look like um, in the next three, six, 12 months and beyond? Absolutely, it's an excellent time for some customer experience or journey mapping. Well, thank you guys both so much for your fresh and timely insight. I'm afraid we're out of time today, but I do want to invite everyone listening to subscribe to our Marketing Insights podcast series wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, kindly drop a review. This podcast is updated monthly and subscribers will be notified accordingly. In addition, Greg and Mark have a regularly updated blog site where you can find current and engaging updates of marketing in the news. You can find that at www.marshalljohnston-johnston. That's two L's and a T, www.marshall-johnston.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope everyone has a great day and we'll come back again for another edition of the Marketing Insights Podcast Series. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.